Hello, and welcome to Shoot the Shit, a podcast about buggy. The idea for this podcast came about like so many other great ideas in the history of Carnegie Mellon University. It was late one night at William Penn Tavern, and a group of us were sitting around talking about buggy and how many great characters and stories there were in the sport. And wouldn't it be great if we could record those stories and put them out and share them with the community? Well, this is an attempt to do just that. My name is Will Weiner, and I'm going to be your host. I've had the privilege of interviewing some of the biggest movers, shakers, and behind-the-scenes characters who have shaped Buggy into what it is today. So I ask that you sit back, relax, and enjoy as we shoot the shit. Very special edition of Shoot the Shit this week. I have the privilege of sitting down with the five senior buggy chairs from this year on the eve of what would have been race day 2020, uh, the 100th year. Uh, We had a conversation, the first part of which aired on WRCT that was wide ranging, talking about their experiences this year. Um, how they worked together, how they competed, uh, what it was like getting the news that race day was canceled. And uh, this is the extended version of that interview where we get into a little bit more where they think about their legacy, as well as some fun bickering that only buggy chairs uh, are capable of. Uh, So enjoy. Uh, These are some wonderful students. And uh, let's go ahead and give it a listen here on Shoot the Shit. Uh, Really excited to jump into this and get everybody's uh, thoughts. So let's go ahead and kick it off here. If you could all introduce yourselves, uh, say who you are, uh, what what organization with your, what, excuse me, who you are and what organization you're with. Hey, I am Andrea Sipos and I'm the CIA chair. I'm Chris Fulton and I'm the chair for Spirit. I'm Mikey Fernandez. I'm the chair for Fidelt. Um, I'm Olivia. I'm one of the co-chairs for Kappa Kappa Gamma and Kappa Sigma. Uh, And I'm Rob Levin. I'm the chairman for FICA. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for joining. Um, I think this is one, you know, especially this sort of started out as more of a buggy alumni thing. Uh, We're all very interested, just kind of get your perspectives and also, just let y'all tell you know some of your stories from from your time here. Uh, one thing that always interests me in doing this podcast is getting a little bit of everybody's origin story. Uh, you know, what drew you into buggy? Uh, when did you get hooked? Right, sort of. If you're a chair, you you kind of have to be a buggy fanatic. Um, and sort of, what were your early years like uh, starting out here? How did you get into the sport? Cool. So I guess I'll start alphabetically again. Um, I uh, have been on the soccer team all four years at Carnegie Mellon. And because of that, uh, someone recruited me. I actually was a mercenary my first year, my freshman year. Hannah Linus, um, who's completing her PhD right now, just texted me about three weeks before race day and was like, hey, are you on a buggy team? And I was like, what's buggy? She was like, I would like you to come to this location at 11 p.m. at night. Don't ask questions, just be there. So I showed up to two push practices. My first roles was truck weekend. And then I found myself on women's day and I've just been involved ever since. Um, so for myself, I actually happened to be walking on campus during the first week of classes. I was uh, going to Doherty hall and a man by the name of Matthew Swain uh, stopped me. And he asked me what I was doing after class on like some random day. And I was like, I don't really know. Um, he invited me into the buggy room, and ever since then, that was like when I became a mechanic. Kind of just figured out that like 
Buggy was actually a lot of my passion at Carnegie Mellon for the last four years. I joined my my fraternity my freshman fall, and when I join an organization, and I want to commit myself as fully as possible. So that included going out to buggy practices. And of course, I've never had to wake up at six o'clock in the morning on weekends for something before, but I figured I had to try it at least once. Um, but I, I've, I've done it all four years that I'm here. I think I'm the only one in my chapter who can say that. And uh, I'm really excited to be chair for the, the last semester. Um, so my recruitment happened um, with my RA actually. Uh, the week of a week which i don't think she was supposed to do but whatever <laughs> um and she was just like oh like you want to come to buggy no idea what it was but um i had like a good friend of mine she was just kind of being my hype buddy we like okay like let's wake up at four in the morning let's do it and so um i started buggy joining uh sdc and being a pusher for them and kind of from the beginning of that fall semester and, yeah, so my story is kind of uh, sort of Andrea's. Um, like, I joined my uh, fraternity, like, as a freshman, and, like, I was a full-time athlete on the tennis team. Um, at first, like, they asked me to push for them because they were like, we need, we usually have, like, athletes push. I was like, nah, like, I'm too busy. Mm -hmm. um, like, this, I just, like, couldn't manage at all. But uh, my freshman year, I ended up uh, hurting my wrist. So I couldn't play out, like, the end of my freshman year. And then, like, three weeks before Carnival, um, the buggy chair at that time, Charlie Aguilar, just gave me another call. He's like, hey, like, heard you got hurt. That sucks. But uh, you want to push a buggy? And I was like, <laughs> sure. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to be doing anything over Carnival. Um, you know, why not? And then just kind of started my freshman year. And then they just kept giving me stuff to do. And I kept doing it. And before I knew it, I was a chair. Awesome. Cool. It's always interesting to see who are the ones who pull people in. Um, one thing I think that's kind of interesting about this group is it's sort of a mix, right? Where you have PICA, you have um, CIA, you have Spirit, which are very mature organizations, um, you know, and then on the other hand, you know, Fidel, KKG, Kappa Sig, a little bit more, underdeveloped kind of up and coming right not nearly the amount of buggy history um buggy legacy there uh so i would kind of be interested maybe to discuss between the group a little bit of that contrast you know what it's like heading up those different types of organizations i guess maybe we could start with either um like kkg or fidel um you know, what's that experience been like for you this year, kind of trying to be chair of a less mature organization? Um, and, and how's that kind of been for you as you're trying to even just build out um, a bit of a legacy and a program? Uh, sure, I don't, I don't mind speaking towards that for um, Kappa Kappa Gamma and Kappa Sigma. Um, so just speaking from, I guess, the, the sorority angle, um, it's it's mostly been about understanding that this organization is already one with split attentions between you know booth and greek sing and there are people who, who love 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 doing those things uh and making it mostly about uh relationships and sisterhood and opportunities to learn new skills 
and be inclusive of everyone. And so that's the main thing I think we, we pushed um, as, as a new org, at least inside the org, um, as this being just an opportunity to, to, to meet other sisters and to meet people. But externally, we've drawn so much support from the buggy community, from other chairs, uh, from sweepstakes, from alumni. It's, it's been crazy, like the outpour of support to kind of get us on our feet and to help us get um, wheels on the track for race day. Definitely echo what Olivia was saying. The, the support from other chairs and from sweeps has been really great. Uh, Dia and Andrea are both friends of mine, so they've been uh, really great resources to like learn how to do the chair thing. Um, yeah, I, I helped build my team's first buggy my freshman year. Um, so like that's how young our team is. We had been using a, a borrowed buggy for the one or two years before that. And so to see like having had a hand in building and mechanicking that buggy uh, and then trying to start racing. And of course, everyone knows that ours is the slowest buggy, but uh, it's still a lot of fun. And, and I hope that we can start to move up the rankings in the next few years. Echo in that last part, definitely echo that. Did you build um, a new one this, this year for, for Caps and KKG? Oh, oh God, no, no. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> We, we have a loner buggy, which I love, um, but definitely it was about, we, we, have, we have no, no uh, base for who's gonna be your mechanics if you're recruiting a completely just raw team and raw potential. And so it was about growing that and building the foundation of skills such that someone else can kind of take that on in year two. And we get to have like a loner buggy for two years. So, hey, I'm gonna capitalize on that. Yeah. Don't blame me there. Um, and I guess maybe for, you know, the, the rest of y'all, how has that kind of contrasted with just going into this year, um, you know, in charge of more mature organization, excuse me, more mature organization, right? Like CIA, you know, on the women's side, won a couple years back have been highly competitive. PICA, obviously we know what happened last year. Um, spirit kind of always being, ascendant and, and on the cusp, you know, do you feel the pressure differently this, this year, you know, kind of stepping in as a chair of organizations with so much history? Uh, yeah, I can start with that. Um, so this was Spirit's 35th year uh, for like actually existing. So we started in 80, let's see, 85, would have been our first actual race day. So fall 84. Um, so yeah, I definitely felt a lot of pressure kind of behind that, especially by the fact that it's like, you know, such a monumental number. And then it's also like buggy 100. And I feel like every chair would also attest to the fact that there was this pressure like coming from that. Um, the alumni, I think, always have a very interesting perspective on buggy. Um, they, that's, I guess, the best way I can always say it. It's mm -hmm. in, Initially, it feels like, oh, alumni always know best. And then you kind of listen to... Uh, the different stories over the time and people will say, oh, back in my day, we did ABC and then somebody will tell you something completely different. Um, and I think a lot of what comes from the having this history is kind of knowing where to like draw your knowledge from. There is, for me, there's only 35 years. I'm the youngest of the, the old group. Um, there's 35 years of history that we have and 35 years of people that I can draw on. But I don't know. I, I haven't heard every voice from all that time. So uh, I definitely do feel the pressure from them because it's like, you know, standing with the 88 record and then you can look at 90 spirit. There's a lot of like 
a lot that rides on becoming a chair and being a chair of an organization that is has been as successful as we have been in the past. So there's definitely a pressure there. But at the same time, I don't know, I kind of did this for fun and continue to do it for fun. The alumni, they are also just another portion of like leading this team as well. So yeah, I definitely agree with Chris on the points about alumni. So CAA is turning 50 next year. Really sad that we couldn't get 50 and 100 to line up on the same year, but it's probably a little bit better for, you know, my mental health on the year. But um, our alumni network is like vast and very active and we are blessed to have them with all the resources and knowledge that they give us. Um, but, you know, someday as we consider, you know, like what if we set up like a Google email bot that just like replies to their emails and says, we have received this and we're working on reading you know, this 10 page document that you've sent in addition to all of our courses and trying to build a buggy and run the team and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's crucial information and we're very appreciative that they're giving it, but there's definitely a way that, you know, things ran back in their day. They did this, this, and this, and they were successful for CIA. They were successful for a little while and then completely ceased to exist, then came back, was really successful, you know, less than 10 years ago. And we're trying to get back up to that point. So there's that constant pressure of like, why aren't we on top? Like, what are the little things that we're doing wrong um, that can really push us there? So it really brings into question almost like the discipline of the people that are currently leading the team. Um, so that's a really hard thing to balance. Yeah, I mean, and, and chiming in on this, you know, Spirit's 35, CIA would have been 50 this year. Pike is, not, this would be the 98th year of the racing program the first race for like my work was in 1922 um so trying to balance like andre was saying like trying to balance like the younger guys even like in my own organization um who like want to come up and like want to bring out new ideas and then all the ideas from all these different eras of alumni um you know it's a lot of information to balance it and, you know i i totally sympathize with andre sitting there like prepping buggies friday night um like getting them ready for like rolls on Saturday and all of a sudden like I've got a call from alumni and that like pulls me away for like an hour like I get an email and you know I've got all this like information they want to go me want me to go through or they want me to like reference some database or some book of you know information from like a race in 1990 whatever and they want me to you know test these wheels or, or um you know just just honestly do whatever you know it's it's a it's a lot to balance but i can also am just so grateful for like the history of the program you know it's a lot of motivation knowing um the hard work that everyone's like kind of put into the program before you so that's like at this place um you know especially as like a second year chair you know like i co-chaired with um ryan barrett last year who's just a fantastic guy one of the guys that really got me involved with buggy um, at the start, and you know, his dad was a buggy chair at Pika for CMU. Um, so you know, he's got a long line of buggy history, and this whole organization is just a ton of history and a ton of knowledge. And um, when I was helping out with DG this year, which is you know, a brand new program, first year, um, I could just see the stark contrast of like they had a loaner buggy and they were shown what to do, but even them like still trying to figure everything out. You know, I had the I was fortunate enough to like have people. Um, kind of show me the ropes and like give me all the basics that I would need to succeed. And, um, you know, I think it's like the history of my program that's given it all the success it's had over the years and uh, what hopefully would have been, you know, another successful year this year after the uh, heartbreak last year. 
Yeah, definitely right. building off what Rob just said uh, with about having the knowledge to look back to. When we popped a wheel on Aurora in the fall, uh, first of all, there were alumni at Rolls who were able to help diagnose the problem. And then we were able to send an email later that day being like, help, we can't really figure this out. Has this happened before? Like having that knowledge to turn to is definitely a phenomenal resource that new teams don't have. And also just also follow up on that portion as well. Um, that actually happened again, very similar this year as well. Uh, talking to some of my alumni, not specifically with a wheel coming off, but just like internal team problems and like asking like, okay, like I don't necessarily know how to lead this group of people. I understand that I can draw on 34, 35 years before me or 33, excuse me, uh, years before me of knowledge. It's just like, I, I know that there are people that I can turn to and ask them the question because they've done it before me. And as Andrea was saying, you know, starting a new organization or being a very young organization, those teams like don't necessarily have that knowledge base that they can go to. They don't have like the ease of just being able to say like, oh, I'm just going to turn to my alumni from 19, whatever. I'm going to turn to my alumni from like a couple years ago. It's as Mikey also uh, alluded to earlier, it's like relying on the people that are currently around you, right? You mentioned like Dia and Andrea. So like those are the people that he could turn to. And I think he's very fortunate in that regard, but not every team has that. Yeah, yeah, I think you, I was oh. – sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, like, uh, you know, I'm super fortunate to have what who I would consider to be, like, some of the best alumni possible because there's literally not a question that I have thought of um, in my two years as a chair, like three years, three, four years, like really, really involved with Buggy um, that I haven't got been able to at least get, like, some kind of answer for. Like, I still have not found a question that um, at least, like, not one of my alumni I'm not answer. And it, is that something kind of on the other end of it? Um, you know, like uh, you all kind of feel when you are something is going wrong or, you know, do, does it seem like kind of the rest of the current buggy community flexes into that? Do you feel like it forces you to be maybe almost a little more, um, creative in, in, in solving problems or, you know, have you experienced kind of these situations and how does that feel without a um, kind of alumni to go back to? Is that kind of more for like the newer team? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That was more for um, either um, Caps and KKG or, or Fido. Mikey, you got anything to say? Hi, can you repeat the question? Sure thing. So I, I guess kind of running off of that train of thought, um, I know you all kind of mentioned in general, the buggy community has been helpful. Um, and maybe this isn't a helpful question, but, um, you know, I just think it's an interesting contrast where, right, the default when something goes wrong, it seems like for the more mature orgs is to almost, you know, go and dig to that well of knowledge, maybe. Um, you know, not having that, is that something where, you know, is your first response when faced with a challenge to kind of go to the current buggy community? Um, do you feel like it kind of frees you to, you know, solve problems yourselves? Or, you know, do you have a kind of contrasting situation there? Learning how to do things for ourselves is, is, is really good, but we have to get that knowledge from somewhere. So um, I, I would talk to Dia like, quite consistently to get her help with things. Uh, she was really great. 
it, we just don't have the uh, the alumni network to go to. There were maybe, I, I think that we only had three buggy chairs before because most of them um, served multiple terms. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I, I don't totally know where they got their buggy knowledge from, but I wouldn't necessarily say that they're deeply involved alumni for me to be going to all the time. Right. Same type of stuff. Um, sweep so hand on and like the uh, literally offering to, you know, to do mechanic workshops to t- train a class of mechanics uh, in, in, in our chapters. Uh, but there's not, yeah, there's not that wealth of knowledge and right. just kind of dig where there is and everyone's, like everyone is kind of jury rigging everything and there's never a perfect answer. And so it's kind of, you are sticking on your own and trying to find the perfect answer. You're wasting your time. Fair enough. It, it is, it does bring up kind of an interesting dichotomy, but also even, you know, talking with lots of alumni, there is sort of this circle of life, right? Where it talk to a chair from any year and there is value to having the alumni at the same time. It's kind of like, okay, I know what I'm doing. There's a reason I'm in charge right now. Like I know what's happening on the ground. Um, And then quickly, it seems like after they graduate, um, they forget that mindset they had as students and start kind of soliciting the advice. I know that's something talking with um, a lot of people, you know, they mention is sort of like overbearing alumni or whatever when, they themselves kind of are the overbearing alumni, which um, is funny to me. Um, cool. I, I think then, so we've kind of talked a little bit about just like general roles, you know, uh, starting up with the organization. Um, and, you know, we've been talking also about just the variation in kind of the maturity of the programs. Um, I guess I'm kind of interested if, if you could all go around and kind of say, going towards race day, did you have goals in mind this year? You know, what would a successful race day have looked like? What kind of was that um, culture like in your organizations and and what were you all kind of preparing for? What were you shooting for? Yeah, I guess I can start with this one. So we actually had our uh, second semester goal setting meeting about a week before spring break. Of course, I ran for chair with goals, and that was part of what you voted for chair on was based on the goals, but we sat down to solidify them about a week before spring break, and we had decided that we were going to pull out all the stops and do whatever we could as an entire team to get our women's team into the first place spot. We believe that's where our opportunity was. That's where we believe we had the manpower to do it. Um, so, you know, we had the, all the me- head mechanics in the room. We had all the push captains in the room, uh, and we figured out a whole list of, you know, A to Z, what we needed to do to get our women into the top spot. And we left that room with like an actionable plan and we're starting to work on it. So we were real bums with the cancellation of race day because we felt that this really could have been our year. Uh, We were really just looking to have wheels, wheels on the course on race day and that, and that's about it, you know, be on the roster, uh, have five people to push, have a driver in the car and have a buggy that can roll around and make it all the way through without DQing. So between just being on the course, um, and not making everyone miserable while trying to do it, um, that was it. (laughs) Good. My team was in a, a really bad position. We had zero completed roles going into spring break. Um, 
we, we in the fall our, our buggy crashed and so we were unable to to continue rolling in the fall um and then I, I took over as chair in january and i was i was really excited to try and set some goals as a team and qualify for race day it was was really the big the big thing that we wanted to get done but we were really excited about those last few weekends and obviously now that, that was taken away from us i'm really disappointed um, and hopefully the team next year can go and, and accomplish what we wanted to get done this year. Um, so for myself, uh, I think one of the biggest goals for us was getting a new buggy out. It's been a few years since we've actually had a new buggy hit the course. So uh, we've been working quite diligently towards actually completing that goal before spring break. And then by the time spring break rolled around, we were ready. We had an entire plan for finishing up everything to actually have our buggy roll around that course um, and, com and obviously compete on race day as well. Um, additionally, we were shooting for first place in our men's uh, heats. We felt like, as Andrea had mentioned earlier, that was like where we could actually like allocate the most of our resources for the time being, which made, I guess, logically the most sense in that point. Um, but yeah, I mean, with the, like the uprise of COVID and everything that's actually been happening with it, it's kind of, it's unfortunate that this had to be the circumstances, but yeah, we were pretty excited for all the actual goals of like, like getting a new buggy out and actually being able to roll it around the course. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, the, I mean, this year was, was pretty devastating to my program as well. Um, like I sat down with with my guys uh, right before the like right before winter break and kind of assessed where we're at, and we actually all left that meeting just so confident that uh, we could take a the first place in like both men's and women's, um, like especially the women's this year. Like we had by far like the fastest push team um, Pike has ever had. Uh, in its women's history, like we weren't looking to just beat like our personal best, like we were looking to shatter it um, by like five or ten seconds. Um, just like we had an incredible back hills lineup, like a great hill one. Um, so I mean, we we were just looking so confident on the women's side, like there was no doubt in our mind that that like first place was ours to lose, um, not just like ours to win. And on the men's side again, like last year was was pretty devastating for us. You know, point one eight seconds on race day. We took the uh, we took the prelim day pretty pretty handedly. So that was another disappointing thing. We were looking to put out like an even faster push team this year than we had last year. So again, like we really we really felt like both the first place this year were like ours to lose. Um, like the program was in great shape. Like our drivers are doing so well. Um, just learn, you know, just figuring out, well, you know, we had, uh, Katie's a Panda driving our A team buggy this year as a sophomore and, you know, she was absolutely killing it, just figuring it out. Um, and you know, she was making great progress. She's like another buggy legacy for us. Like both her parents were involved too, um, when they were at CMU. So, you know, this year, like anything short of like a first place on both sides, like we really felt as a program, um like would have been a failure on us and like would have been, you know, something we had lost um, because oh, we, we were, we were really just looking so good this year um, going into going into race day. It's funny about Katie. Uh, she's a double legacy, but both her parents were CIA. So she's a, a little <laughs> bit of a turncoat. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Well, Z, um, Dr. Z pushed 
uh, Katie's mom in a CIA buggy when they were both students. Yeah, well, actually, spoiler, we um, recorded an episode with them and another um, couple generation buggy family. So that that episode so forth, forthcoming. And it's, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a fun one. Her, the, the whole dynamic with that family is uh, um, pretty, pretty enjoyable. There's, there's quite a fun dynamic there. I can <laughs> first-hand experience. Yeah. Um, uh, and- Speak, Andrea mentioned turncoats, and uh, between Andrea and Mikey, they remind me of something that I was planning on doing. Um, Mikey mentioned that post spring break, like having zero roles on the track, and we were um, in a very, very similar. Well, we are, we are in the same situation of just not being able to get wheels on, uh, and we kind of switched our goals actually from like we didn't think it'd be feasible to get um, to get onto the track and to qualify without pushing people maybe past their comfort points. And so something that I was just personally looking forward to um, kind of coming from a pusher background was I was coming, looking forward to coming back and mm. kind of inserting some chaos and pushing for a different thing because I wouldn't be pushing for, for my own anymore. Mm. It is, uh, you know, I guess now we're kind of approaching the the topic right of the cancellation and got, you know, some comments on the disappointment and right. It is crazy all around. Obviously we know why everything's happening. Um, but, uh, I, for my day job, essentially produce, um, stunt shows and, you know, personally just remember as all this was slowly coming out, it was like, Oh crap, I guess we're not doing this show this week. Oh, there's, nothing happening through the end of March. Oh, I guess we're not going to do anything for a while. Um, and it was kind of just wild how that info kind of slowly flooded over. Um, and not to make you relive it too much, but I am kind of interested what it was like, you know, as chairs, as the news started to break and kind of what your process was learning about it. And then ultimately kind of having to, you know, not that it was really your decision, but just how the teams took it, um, how you kind of communicated with it and how you kind of experienced, you know, this kind of slow realization that, you know, given all this hard work, it was clear you've all been putting in that there would be no race day. That's a definitely a very big pain point for all of us here. Uh, can speak to that from my perspective, um, knowing that this is like most of our last years being here. And this is like the only place that you could actually do buggy as we constantly talk about. It's the only place, like I was thinking about it and it's like, there is no other place that I've ever heard of that has like a sport so unique as buggy. Right. Um, so kind of grappling with the cancellation, it was a very slow build at first until I started hearing like about a lot of schools getting canceled and, just classes were getting canceled and it was at first very unbelievable at first like when things were starting to actually happen um it felt like another like okay maybe this is only going to last for a month maybe we'll just have like a weird slightly slower race day and things will just be okay it's like all right i'll be willing to accept that and then classes started getting canceled and then things started going online and it honestly all came at a very quick pace so it was very difficult for all of us, at least from my perspective, to kind of grasp everything at first. Um, 
once things had kind of settled down and we'd figured out that we we're going to move to zoom and get everyone kind of like back in this new state of normalcy. Um, the first thing I had to do was of course, send an email to my team or just communicate with my entire team. Um, all the alumni as well. And honestly, just thank everybody for the work they had put in because like, even up to this point, I understand that people had been losing sleep, like working incredibly hard, building things, driving, being mechanics, being pushers. Like there's so many man hours that were, I won't say lost, but like put towards this sport this year that people didn't get to see the fruition of. Um, so the first thing I wanted to do was make sure that people like truly recognize that their time wasn't wasted. Like I had to thank everybody for that. Cause you know, it's, it's very difficult to wake up voluntarily at four o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, anytime that's before like an ungodly hour on the weekends, like, and continue to move forward and just say like, okay, I'm going to go out and voluntarily do this sport for that to all just like be taken away from you so, so quickly in literally the snap, like snap of fingers. It's just like, wow. Yeah, I think uh, I didn't have such like a noble reaction to it getting canceled. So race day was formally canceled on my birthday. It was the worst birthday present ever. Um, I was, you know, out with friends drinking and I, you know, got the email and I was just, I just like shattered. Uh, I, you know, tried to hold it together. I like just started sobbing and my sister was like, what, what are you, is this what's happening? I was like, Buggy just got canceled. Like, I don't know what to do. She was like, she thought I was like laugh crying because that's how like manic I sounded. And she was like, are you, are you laughing? Like, are you happy? I was like, no, I'm like devastated. I don't know what to do. Um, so it took me just like the next like 20 minutes to just sit there and be like, oh my God, like this actually happened. Uh, had to send a quick like Slack message to our group saying sort of, you know, race day is canceled. More information will be coming. Like, I'm so sorry. Um, and had to, I was in like no emotional state to be able to draft anything to send to my team. And I think without having been in the chairman position, if I didn't have 60 to 70 people like looking to me for some sort of like answer or just response to what was happening, like, I don't think that I would have reacted the same way. I probably would just have not gotten out of bed and just been, you know, so sad and in such a funk and totally unresponsive. But because I knew that there were all these people that were feeling the same way. Like I felt a sense of responsibility to then, you know, get up the next morning, draft that email, restrict access to our garage. I immediately took away access to anyone who was not in Pittsburgh, just on the off chance that someone traveling back from spring break might bring something into our garage. It definitely, that responsibility was what mm. kept me moving. Otherwise oh, I just yeah. would have been like, I'm not getting out of bed. I'm not doing anything like race days canceled. Carnival's canceled senior year is canceled. Like, I'm just going to go to bed and, you know, try and forget about it. But I think the responsibility definitely helped in that situation. Andrea, from my perspective, I'll tell you this, it definitely was not easy drafting that email. That email took about four hours to write and it's maybe like six sentences. Yeah, I definitely feel that. I, I think I spent the whole day writing my email because I was like, there's just no words for like the sadness that you feel. Well, Andre, yeah, I mean, you did a very good job with your, your sort of turning around public reaction to it. Uh, so Andrea actually set up a, a workout challenge for the entire buggy community, which has been a, a good way for us to still have some sort of competition going on. I, I don't know if you want to talk about that some more, but uh, I think that was a really great thing that you did. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Um, 
So CIA does these workout challenges in the summer and the winter, sometimes during the semester as well. Um, but one of our push captains was just like, you know, I, you, we should do something. We should find a way to keep people moving because, um, you know, exercise helps with the whole mental health aspect. Um, we were like, anything we can do to support our team. So um, then I just had the idea, you know, why stop here? Why can't we just bring it to the entirety of sweepstakes? Because like everyone needs just like something to cling to right now even if it's just a little bit of pseudo competition where you're taking goofy selfies and submitting them and competing with alumni and other students, it just seemed like something fun that we could share. Yeah, I think it's been um, like a big moment of like coming together too, like not just as like organizations, but like as like a sweepstakes as the whole and like everyone that's part of it. Um, Cause you know, I, I like know, like I've leaned on like other people who are like in this conversation right now, um, just like talking about like how disappointing it was and like my own like um, personal feelings on it and everything. Cause like for me personally, like I was traveling with the tennis team uh, over spring break and in like a span of about three hours, um, like I had found out that they'd um, canceled classes they canceled like the um, end of our tennis season and then they canceled like buggy all right back to back to back so like I just kind of sat there and um, I, I mean I was really like kind of in a state of shock to be totally honest um, and like I was sitting there like communicating with my alumni communicating with guys on my team about buggy while also trying to like console um, the tennis team. Cause like I was the only, like I'm the only senior on the tennis team this year. Um, so I was like trying to like talk to my guys uh, on, on that team and be like, Hey, like, you know, like we put in a lot of work this year. Like it's disappointing. We won't get to play like our conference tournament. Um, and we won't get to like see like all that work we'd put in, but like, it'll be okay. And so I was doing that face to face while like virtually, like I was talking with all the guys that helped me with buggy I've just been like, hey, guys, like, thank you so much for the work you put in this year. You know, like, I called all my drivers and I was like, hey, like, thank you so much for the work that y'all put in this year. Um, and, like, after all that, like Andre was saying, like, after I knocked out all those responsibilities, I really did have that moment because um, we were down in Florida and, like, I just, like, stepped out of you know, the place where the team was staying and, like, just kind of, like, just, I don't even know exactly what I did, like, sob, cried just like refuse to accept reality for like an hour outside just like alone um just like really not knowing what to do with myself um but yeah it, it was definitely definitely a tough moment um especially just having like, like everything get canceled at once some of the most passionate and like excited people um on our team were were like first first years and um, for us, it's kind of like that that double hit of it's their first year doing buggy or triple hit. Really, it's their first year at CMU. It's your first year doing buggy, and it's also your first year as a part of either like Kappa Sigma or Kappa Kappa Gamma. And that's you know you really start building. Like you you heard like all the stories of everyone earlier. Everyone tends to get their start really really on, and you build those relationships over time. And to just have that disrupted. Um, and to be concerned about how they're doing mentally, how they're doing psychologically, like, do they feel disconnected? Like, is this going to affect how they feel about Buggy and how they feel about our organization? And 
basically their whole college journey. Like, is this what's going to characterize it? It's just this disruption. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy for me to think about because, like, I mean, Andrea can speak to this too, but there's a really good chance, like, if I, if, like, this had happened my freshman year, like, our freshman year, but, like, I wouldn't be a buggy chairman today. You know, like, I got in my freshman year because, like, at time with, like, me getting hurt and, like, not traveling with the tennis team, like, over Carnival weekend, and then, like, I was able to, like, get involved. Um, but, like, I wouldn't be here today, like, if this had happened my freshman year. And, like, I feel terrible for, like, the people whose experiences have been, like, um, you know, just, like, so altered by, you know, this just really unfortunate um, time. Yeah, I definitely agree with Rob. I don't think I would have been chair if this had happened to me my freshman year. Um, like I was asked to be an officer sophomore year and I just said like, no, I have no idea what is going on in this like ludicrous carbon fiber tube racing sport. Like I can't step in right now. I don't feel like that's a responsibility I can take. And if, you know, if my first race day had been, you know, sophomore year, then I wouldn't have taken the same leadership trajectory. I would say like my, like my love for buggy was solidified um, on my first, during like kind of the buildup to my first race, race day, like on spring semester with like the bonds that I created with like my other pushers and my driver and just that competitive spirit um, and, and finding people who, who cared about something in the same way that like I wanted to care about it. And there's, there's a moment for that now. Yeah, that's a, oh, sorry, go, go ahead, Mikey. I was going to say one of the, the really great things about, like, the buggy community that we now, like, are losing for this year is that you're there at 6 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, and you, like, see someone from another team or something, you're walking past each other, you say, hey, how's it going? And they're like, oh, you know, I'm miserable. But they're smiling through saying that. They're all, <laughs> uh, like, joking about how waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning is, is like, this terrible thing. We're all choosing to do it and it just shows like the power of how how much we all want to participate and, and losing that is just yeah that's really true community. i like we made a like a dumb like drinking game for you know the general buggy community for this weekend and one of the objects on that list is like take a sip if you've ever thought chris was dead while he was barricading do you understand how cold it would be in the morning listen I had to bring a blanket and it was freezing out there, okay? So I would sit there and I'd be dead asleep just laying there at the top of the hill too, watching buggies go by and people were like, listen, this is not the first time that this would happen. People would literally be like, I think Chris is dead. Other chairmen would come up to me. For example, Fringe's chair came up to me and they were like, uh, are you okay? I was like, I'm fine. Like, why? And then she goes, yeah, one of my mechanics is like, is he, is he alive? And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> it's not fair. Yeah, but the Dude, point I, I was trying to make is I don't think you would change that experience for the world. Like if we at all. could have race day tomorrow where like it's, you know, negative 50 degrees and you have to barricade, you'd be out there in the snap of the fingers. With six Dude, different hats on. I'm pretty sure Chris just got delusional those mornings though, because I would literally have like an extra car sitting at the top of the hill at his barricade. I'd be like, bro, you just like want to go sit in my car and like not be like frigid to your bones. He'd be like, Nah, man, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, I want to feel the pain, you know? Like, I want to be cold right now. Like, it woke me up. All right. It woke me up. I had to be wide awake, right? Because you, then you got to go down. Like, look, 
It would be perfect because you wake yourself up. I don't drink coffee, so it's like the perfect way for me to wake myself up in the morning. I'd sit out there <laughs> in like two degrees and be like, oh, all right. And then I go down to the bottom of the hill and be like, all right, somebody else go do this now. I go delegate my power. <laughs> well, I guess people would say maybe abuse my power, but delegate my power. Dude, that's when I used to like whip like seven flaggers back up, like last rolls too. I would just yeah. feel so bad for you guys. Pack like ten people, yeah, about like ten people into my car. <laughs> <laughs> just flags hanging out the sides. That was a great time. It, it it is an interesting point. I think I had not thought about you know sort of with the first years, um, and something I think that came up in this, right? Buggy is such a unique sport, you know, even contrasting say with like the tennis team, you know, it's still awful. You don't get to finish, but at least, right. You had some matches, you got to see some results. There was some competition. Buggy is so strange and unique, right? That there is one race day you do all this work for. I never actually was part of an organization. I've just broadcasted my, my whole time there. But, you know, I'd imagine kind of as a first year, it's kind of like, okay, why are we doing this? And it's like, just wait till race day, just wait till race day. Um, and then not being able to kind of have that payoff. That's, that's kind of crazy. Um, and, and I appreciate you all sharing, you know, your perspectives on that. I know it's kind of emotional stuff. So, so thank you. But sorry, go, go ahead and jump in. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, we're coming up on elections for this, this coming week. Um, and, you know, some of the people that, you know, we'd normally look to after they had completed a race day to step up into that officer position, they're like, well, I, I don't think I'm qualified to take on an officer position. We're like, fam, nobody is right now. <laughs> um, so we're having to look for people that may not have had a race day, but have other skills like being communicative and collaborative and stuff like that, which is a completely different skill set than we'd usually look for than, you know, like tried and true experience. Yeah, I was just going to add um, a little bit different. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have, I don't know if I would have been a chair had I not had my first race day either, because that was the point that I realized that I was like, okay, this seems like something that I'm very, very like focused on, something that I actually care about. Because if it was just kind of like, by the end of the year, things just kind of like fluttered out, I just probably would have walked away and found something else, found a different passion that I was like, happy with it, like on campus. But yeah, it's it's so weird to think about how this is some people's first experience and also others' last experience. Uh, for those that it's our last experience, you know, we're in this call right now. We've all had our fair share of uh, battle scars of waking up at X amount of time or like not sleeping the night before or countless stories that we can all share. But it's like that incoming class, like what are the, like, how is this really going to affect their buggy career next year? Right. Or the years subsequent from that. So it's a fun time. It's going to be great for them. I'm excited to see what they actually do, though. In a way, it's going to make the, uh, the build-up even more exciting next year, so their, their race day next year is going to be even bigger. Right? Because like, you have going to be years. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have some super aggressive alumni to deal with next year. <laughs> Dude, I plan on being one of them. I plan <laughs> on being one of those alumni. <laughs> Absolutely. I wasn't going to be one of those until this year. Now I know I'm going to be one, and I would like to apologize Yo, in advance. We now still got to get morning. our heat. We got to get our, our chairman heat in, though. Like all of us as alumni, just need to tear up. Oh that yeah, place. that was going to be so sick. Uh, people don't. I don't know if anyone actually knows about that yet. Like the uh, the chairman team we had. 
Yeah, you want to go in on that, Chris? Ooh, tell oh, man. All right, yeah, so... Dude, we, uh, had this. we had this race in the bag. So, uh, Sweepstakes was going to be racing in an exhibition heat, and I don't know whose idea was to yell in the middle of a meeting and say, hey, can Chairman race you? It was probably Rob's idea, probably mine, most likely Rob. I'm going to put all the blame on the pica. Um, but uh, we had a Chairman team, uh, which we had Andrea on Hill 1, Rob on Hill 2. We had Carl Young on Hill 3. I would be pushing hill four by far the most out of shape which is amazing they put me there and then um olivia will be pushing hill five in that exhibition heat with katie as our driver because she also functioned as a chairman for dg so we had a, a pretty good team lined up for actually racing against sweepstake and in general just like a very competitive team overall yeah we were we were joking go for it oh go ahead go for it Oh, and we were like joking. We're like, we're going to blast this course record. Like nothing is going to stand in our way. And Dude, I remember we were Andrea going sub 210. We were easily <laughs> going sub 210. <laughs> Andrea was like being a chairman as a cult. Well, I mean, she's not well, wrong. Well, it was, um, it was because of that, that photo that we took for the calendar. Looking ah. at that photo... Uh, we're all like the same height. We're all like very athletically built. And we just like had this like power stance, even though we were all posing individually. I was like, we look like we we're all made from the same mold. It was really interesting to see. With the exception of Katie, she's teeny tiny, but she was on the ground. So you really, couldn't really tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Rob, that also reminds me of how um, we said we were going to have our race day uh, just simply playing Mario Kart instead. That's pretty much like the closest we could get to it, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's just what we should absolutely do is just all the chairs just get on and we'll just play Mario Kart two out of three for the, for the, uh, for the championship this year. That's going to be amazing, except I'm terrible at Mario Karts. That's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know a better one. There is. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to make a snide comment. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. Um, there is apparently some class doing a project, making a buggy video game. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, they asked me to do some voiceover for that. Um, cool. Yeah. I mean, I guess one thing I am, you know, talking about becoming crazy alumni. Um, do you have wisdom or thoughts or like stuff you'd like to impart kind of on this next generation stepping into this weird race day where there is a two gap or excuse me, a two year gap and you know, any thoughts to pass down to the kind of next class? I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I think like the most important thing in buggy is just like, turning like turning your team into like a family pretty much like it, it there's no way of getting around like no matter how much chris is gonna say like he loves getting woken up by 25 degree temperatures at five o'clock in the morning like waking up like in the cold sucks doing bail sucks you know i mean us in spirit let's go but, uh, cia also <laughs> dude, i'm just you guys, okay, yeah, morning bails probably sucks a little bit more. Like, any bails team just, like, knows what I'm talking about when I say, like, I couldn't be happier to never have to lift another bail in my life. Um, 
but yeah, just like turning into a family. And like this year, um, especially like more than last year. And I obviously can't speak to like years before that, but I even felt like all the chairmen this year were just kind of like a big, really dysfunctional family. Um, you know, like we all just got along really well. And like, even like when we had like problems with one another, like we just, uh, we just kind of like all worked it out. Like that's how you get through buggy. Like all the hardships of like, and then race day is obviously just a blast. And like has so much fun. And like, those are the memories like I'll have. Like, I won't remember like testing some super cool wheel, you know, made this go a little bit faster. Um, I mean, it's definitely written down somewhere. Don't get me wrong. Like it will, will be remembered, but that's not what I'm going to think about when I think about like, I'm going to think about like the relationships I made with other people and just like all the lifelong friendships. Like, yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Like I've, I was thinking about it earlier and I realized that I've known all the chairs in this call specifically since our freshman year. I met them each in a bunch of different ways. And um, that like growing up in that community, even if it's not with your own team, like forging the general buggy bonds is something that like, you know, Rob and I may antagonize each other about races and crashes and like all that kind of stuff but there's just like that deep bond because of the love of this sport and I think it's really important to realize that uh like for the younger people that may just think like we're all like so crazy and insane for doing this with a smile on our faces like that we just have found something that we're just so passionate about and care so much about it and carry so much love for it um and would do anything to see it you know carry on um for the foreseeable future so like realizing that, you know, everything that an upperclassman says to you when they're cranky at 3.30 in the morning because it's 10 degrees outside, it like comes from a place of love for this sport. And the moment that you can like unlock that passion within yourself, you're just going to have a phenomenal time from there on out. Um, I think for me, I would always offer to people to make every single moment count. Um, even in those times that you're just kind of sitting there, like working towards whatever the goal may be, like, and you don't understand exactly what it is, just like work, like, tr like truly put your all into it. Um, if your goal is to create a family, like actually put your entire all in, into making a family for your, your team. If your goal is to win, put your entirety behind that. Like no matter what the case may be and no matter what the situation is, at the end of the day, if you walk away saying like, okay, I did literally every single thing that I could in my power, then you should be satisfied being able to like say, okay, I'm happy with like my outcome, no matter what it was. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty short, sweet to the point. Just like put your all behind everything you do. I would say specifically just kind of for me, focusing on what, what Chris was saying is if you can say you put your all into, into building that love, into building that support, into building kind of that compassion in each of the, especially as a new team in recruiting those new faces and building those experiences and building those bonds, um, then, then you're doing it right and you should be proud. I had no expectations of really doing well on race day. So our, our goals is just to, you know, commit ourselves to having fun. I think my team works really hard um to to have a good time every time we're, we're out at buggy and and i am sure they're going to be able to continue that without me yeah it is um you know you, you mentioned <clears throat> excuse me the the closeness of you all and it definitely is <laughs> very apparent um you know 
even just sort of the, the chemistry on this call. And something I found very fascinating in doing these different interviews with chairs from different years is, you know, how the culture and the community kind of has changed um, in terms of being more and less uh, kind of collaborative or secretive or antagonistic. And, you know, I do think, if nothing else, COVID probably, you know, made a rallying point um, for you all to come together. But, you know, it is kind of cool to see a community that, you know, despite how competitive and right, you know, I think of the kind of mature orgs, all of you said your goal was first place in either men's or women's or both. Um, but, you know, the fact that you can all kind of get on here and yuck it up and stuff is, is kind of an interesting testament to where the sport is at right now. Yeah, I mean, we're all super competitive. Like, I think Rob would let me see the innards of his buggy, like over his cold dead body, and there would be 10 more pikes lined up behind him to stop me. So like, there's no way in hell we're sharing any secrets with each other, but there's just such a, like a strong feeling of respect between the teams because we know what it takes to get a competitive team out there. And we know that everyone on that course is doing everything that they can. Awesome. Yeah, I, well, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go uh, I was just going to add into that. Like, yeah, it, we are incredibly competitive. Like, you can't see it, but we're all actually messaging one another right now. Like, the people, like, anyone listening to this can't see it, but we're all talking about, like, we're literally talking about this Mario Kart that we were just talking about, and it was just, like, we're going back and forth, bickering with one another, arguing about, like, who would win if we were to actually have, like, a Mario Kart race with no items, with items, and, like, that that's pretty much the level of, like, intimacy that we have with one another, right? We are a family. We are very close to one another or we are very close to one another. So as you said, Will, like, I, I think that it is something very like pertinent and very telling about um, the times of buggy, right? We are incredibly close now. And it's very weird to even hear about, I don't know, say 10 years ago, 20 years ago, like the chairman and the stories that I hear from my alumni is like, oh, the insert generic team here is like, ABC and it's like well I don't see that now it's like I, I talk to like their chair right now and everything's fine I don't know that's just at least my that has been my experience and that, I think that that goes for most of the other chairs as well yeah I mean I think if nothing else that's been pretty clearly demonstrated here um well, let's do poignant now and then we can get into fun anecdotes at the end as kind of reflecting on your time as chair and your time and your relationship with the sport um how do you think buggy has impacted and kind of changed you and helped you grow, you know, as a person, as you're kind of reflecting back on your time at CMU. I, I have learned so many different things about like just being able to stay awake, being able to go from one time of like being in class to just thinking about buggy and then balancing school and buggy. That is, that is an incredible balancing act. I will tell you that. Um, I've also learned a considerable amount specifically from my position of being chair about leadership and dealing with people. Um, it's, it's very, very interesting seeing the way that different teams operate and watching other teams as they operate and watching other teams like their leaders and how they handle problems. If problems do arise, it's, I don't know. There's just so many like lessons that buggy will teach you about just general life past just leadership and just like, the things that you can necessarily put your finger on of like how to stay awake and how to lead people, how to get a group of people together. 
Yeah, you really learn a lot of discipline to do this. Uh, it would be so much easier to just roll over and turn off your alarm and be like, eh, and go back to sleep. But all <laughs> of us were there. Um, you, you really learn how to just balance your time and, and force yourself to do the things that you know uh, will make you happy when they're done. Yeah, I definitely think that uh, I'm probably one of the most unqualified chairs here. I That's not don't true. think. Uh, yeah, I, I would disagree. Uh, well, <laughs> compared to, I guess, CIA's standards oh. or whatever. Um, but, you know, I've definitely learned so much this year, and a lot of it has been like a leadership challenge. So I, you know, consider myself to be a pretty good leader coming into the whole chairman thing after 15 years of playing a competitive sport. Um, but, you know, I learned that I definitely hadn't seen it all. And there were things that I, you know, failed at with flying colors and I know how to approach them better next time. And I'd say the biggest thing that I learned this year was how to diagnose a situation and try and get to the bottom of what was going wrong rather than just looking at something and saying, you know, like, oh, it's because, you know, this person did this or playing the blame game or whatever, like actually getting to the bottom of it is, is a, a skill that I think I really picked up on this year. I also think I really learned how far I can actually go in terms of no sleep, um, especially in the fall with the uh, NCAAs happening for the women's soccer team. We are gone every weekend from Thursday through Sunday and trying to be chair for a buggy team virtually and, you know, getting all the work done during the week so that I could go and feel good about the state that I was leaving my team in was a real challenge and you know right up through the end of December like I I don't think I slept for like a solid three days and it was a really tough time but because of that like felt a lot of security and a lot of peace with the way that I was leaving my team. I think on that on that ability to diagnose pain points um, and really for me it was, it was it felt like a lot because I was coming from you know three years of a pusher background, no mechanic experience to building up a, a team and teaching mechanics and kind of getting everything, all that knowledge through other people. Um, that, that, that one, that ability to diagnose, but also the patience to be willing to diagnose um, and the ability, I guess, to, to not expect other people. Like you can't expect passion and, and like that love for buggy to come out of nowhere. You have to build it and so you think consciously of like, how do I build love for this and other people who have no reason to? Yeah, I, I think just building on what Olivia was talking about, like this year for me um, was a really interesting year as chairman opposed to last year where we had, um, there were like a lot, a lot of seniors in the program, like a lot of people that, you know, were like very dedicated for like their entire college experience and um, like both on the pusher side, like on the mechanic side, we had um, just like really veteran guys like putting the program together and this year I had a lot of like veteran pushers so and like I obviously like came in as a pusher um, so with that respect like we had a lot of experience going for us but a lot of my mechanics and my drivers were um, much younger and it was just a, a really like a big moment of like personal growth for me like just teaching people like Olivia was saying like just how to love something like as crazy as buggy and like how to like get involved um but also like trying to balance that show of like having at times just kind of run it like a one-man show and just be that guy that knows how to fix like every problem that can arise like at roles or 
um, you know, when we're doing like work on the buggies, like having to make sure that um, everyone, you know, is just like doing exactly what they need to do um, while like teaching them at the same time, like while trying to get them to like love this sport more and more, and you know, come out to every roles and, um, you know, like I, I think being a buggy chairman just like gives you an experience that no other like role in this world can of just like, especially, you know, like coming from like a Greek organization, like convincing like a bunch of fraternity guys to like wake up at 5 a.m. Um, on a Saturday or Sunday, like after, you know, probably most of them went to like Southside or Will Pan or, you know, something like that. Like, it's just like the last thing on their minds at that point. But, um, you know, getting them to do that, you know, building that unity of like, this is something we want to do, like this is something we're going to work for. And then obviously like, just like the electrifying effect of race day, um, like not happening this year was like something that was really hard to to overcome and like keep the morale of the team high. But in years past, like just how amazing that experience has been, um, just like kind of makes it all worth it in the end. What do you think you're gonna miss most? Well, I'm gonna for me because I'll be around as a grad student. I'm gonna miss all of you guys. Um, and I think with, with that, I've, I've got to get going and get off the call, but, um, it was, it was great to be here. Sure. Thank you for, for joining. Thanks, Olivia. Yeah. See you, Liz. Olivia. You can't just Bye. say something sappy and leave. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Before you leave, before you leave, favorite buggy memory. Just like four oh. years, throw something down. Happy memory. Okay. Happy memory. Uh, uh, I'm, I hate picking favorites. Uh, it was, I think it was my second year uh, with Buggy. And so at that time I was with, I was with SCC for my first three years um, and pushing for the Hill 5 for SDCA. And it was breaking the women's record for um, on, on prelims and then breaking it again on race day. That was a great moment. Just being like, like seeing some of like my closest friends um, just kind of like, like being able to finish that race and being the one who who is the anchor and then dying on the inside, but also just being swamped in giant hugs that did not allow me to breathe and then seeing the time and everyone yelling at me, being like, you broke it again. So I have no idea what's going on. People are screaming when you're crossing <laughs> the race line. Uh, but like, keep going. I have no idea what's going on. Um, and then, but that was a great moment. That's, I think that's my top memory. That's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. Peace out, guys, with love. Yeah. Peace, See dude. Olivia. Bye. What was the original question? I forgot because she made me sad. Yeah, no, that was a yeah, lot. I was I like, mean, there's no way she's going to end on that. I was like, Jesus. Yeah, um, I was asking – yeah, sorry. I was trying to get through the couple of the poignant ones. I was asking what you'll miss most, um, although I really like your, your question as well. Um, so, you know, favorite memories, a good one too, if we want to keep it happier, um, or do both. I don't care. There are no rules. Mine kind of is both. My favorite memory, favorite moment for Buggy is the moment at the starting line on Hill One. I've pushed Hill One all three years that I've pushed and your mechanics like drop the buggy and run. And it's just like you, and it seems like time like actually stops and like, you can't hear anything you can't see anything but the push bar in front of you and you hear that beep and it's like everything it like crashes around you like a wave I've never felt 
like that kind of adrenaline before, like in my life, even playing, you know, like collegiate sports and whatnot, I've never felt the same, like just instant head rush as when the bell goes off for Hill One. Yeah, I'd say like similarly, like one of my favorite memories was like last year, um, both like prelim day and race day, especially like just how electric that environment was just like sitting as the hill too like you're kind of sitting up there and like that's where like the biggest crowd is and like everyone's just like screaming and yelling and like it's you know especially when like that hill one um it's just like flying up the hill like absolutely crazy you know just getting like those like couple seconds of like just leaving it all in the course is just absolutely you know one of like the best experiences ever but one of my uh favorite memories that was recorded too is and it's really funny on prelim day last year. Uh, <laughs> but if you ever go back and you watch the the SDC the SDC video from race day, when SDC crosses the finish line, the loudest voice you can hear is mine because that was like the first time that um, Pike had taken prelim day, and I don't even know how many years. And like I was just absolutely like beside myself with happiness. And it's like one of the funniest things. Every time like I go back and listen to it, like I just die laughing. <laughs> I'd say for me, one of my favorite memories actually came from last year's race day as well. Um, that was the first year that I actually got the opportunity to push because I had been on a mechanicing track for my past three years, really. Um, I still was also kind of like involved a little bit with the mechanics last year, but not to the same degree. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, I had to hurt my knee. I don't know how. I'm apparently an old man at the age of 22, but uh, <laughs> I have bad knees and bad joints and everything all of a sudden. And I actually got the, I got the joy of pushing an exhibition heat is uh, us versus CIA versus Apex. My hill one struggled uphill one. That is just for the lack of a better thing, like lack of better words, he was out of shape and he struggled uphill one. So he gets me the buggy and I see Apex is ahead of me. And I just remember like, actually, Will, you were commentating this. Uh, I just remember like when I first found that video of like the exhibition heat and all I remember is hearing you just go, wow spirits making up some great time on hilton and i was like hey i did that and i just felt like that was one of those moments i was like i was like well that was kind of cool and i watched i literally was just watching the video right before this because i was like that's a really funny time it was a, it was actually an incredibly exciting exhibition heat because we ended up passing them on hill five and like winning that heat is just it was electric. it was insane it was insane time. electric for many reasons last year's race day was one of my favorite to call in memory I think one of my favorite moments from last year for me is like, you know, as soon as I pushed my hill, I like ran back down because I was prepared. I was a push captain last year, like preparing someone for the next heat. And Chris stopped me like halfway down hill one. He was like, bro, you just blasted 19 seconds. And I was like, what? Like I had not seen the clock or anything. I was like, it didn't feel any faster than usual. He was like, no, I swear to God. You just like, you know, like queen of the hill. And I was just like, okay. Like I was like, starting to cry I was like maybe and then like it was literally like my deep my b team pusher for hill one actually beat me by 0.1 seconds because she was chasing mary garrett up the hill last year mm -hmm. so chris was just gassing me up but like bro first off it was my friend number one number two you actually did break that 19 seconds so i was like oh my god i did not i got like a 21 too well it looks like i can't press the timer correctly then look oops <laughs> good thing i'm not hit one timer for uh sweepstakes like chris, chris is just out there taking times on everyone just scoping out the competition bro i literally no be no you know what Matter of fact, 
No, allow me to explain some more. Andrea actually <laughs> asked me to time her hill. And she asked me, Chris, can you time my hill for this? I was like, okay, sure. And I went to the top of the hill. Don't try to put this all on me as if I'm just sitting here doing recon on every team because I definitely was doing recon on every team. I was about to say, I was, <laughs> don't, even try, don't even try to get unshirped right now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was up there taking times. So what about it? You know, I, I think from that kind of just open it up at this point. If there are any, you know, outside of the race days or on top of race days, particular memories or funny anecdotes or crazy stories or whatever, uh, kind of just open for them, let y'all riff as as much or as little as you'd like i, I, yeah, I mean say, oh go for it oh, no absolutely please. Go for it. No, no please you first my Holy friend because mine is about you no. <laughs> <laughs> well fine then i'll tell one about us so for those of you that don't know um spirit and pike are responsible for putting the bales out oh yes um, before oh, rolls going. oh no um and so, like, we do one side of the road, Spirit does the other side of the road. And I think there's been maybe one or two mornings my entire senior career that we have <laughs> not had to go down there and put more bales out or somehow oh. the bales that are already out. So this year it just got to the point where I would just park the truck right next to chairman's meeting every morning, just waiting for whoever was going to be to be like, and, uh, yeah, so, like, the bales down there just, like, aren't right. And just me and Chris look at each other and just be like, all right, like, like what could it possibly be this morning? And just going down there and just having to fix it. That's probably one of my, like, favorite um, roles, memories, too, is just sitting in that truck laughing with Chris every morning, having to go down there and fix, uh, <laughs> fix yeah. the bales. You can, you can go ahead and call me out on that one. It was I was oh, about perfect. to. Don't you worry. <laughs> Nine out of ten times, it was Andrea being like, hey, we need one more bale, like, on one side of the road. And I'm just like, how do your drivers remember exactly where the bales go every time? If it makes you feel better or worse, I never actually, I think I went on, like, two course walks. um, So I never actually saw the bales I was asking you to fix. I was just trusting my drivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean... I, we have them review their film on a week-to-week basis. So, you know, normally that happens in dead hours because uh, they don't do their job and watch them before. But uh, so, you know, maybe that photographic memory is just them watching their rolls footage and being like, huh, it's something seems a little different. It's absolutely <laughs> incredible. It's the most photographic memory I've ever experienced. <laughs> oh, my God. I think another one of my favorite moments comes from another chairman's meeting, except this is uh, from last year. Uh, Andre, I don't know if you were in this meeting at this point, but this is like right around race day. I know Rob can attest to this one. Uh, so last year for race day, if you look at the actual like hill two, like over the hill where there's a bunch of flags standing up for like the little orange markers that are there. Um, yeah, the chairman argued about that for what felt like hours. Just like <laughs> it felt like we were going back and forth. And then like there was a point that it was just like we got to like we got to such a pain point and such a sticking point of it's just like a piece of paper will not hurt a buggy. It's just like, we had been arguing about this for so long. And then I volunteered to go put them up. And I remember texting the group or the, uh, the chairman group me and just being like, they're done. And just like walking away for for (laughs) truck weekend and race day. And I just, I was so angry. I was so fed up. And it was just one of those moments. I just just remember sitting there arguing with the chairman and being like, is this really what we're stuck on right now? Like of all things to be stuck on. And also time. 
it was amazing. You want to talk about getting stuck on things at a chairman's meeting, uh, oh, Rob, and not go. understanding the definition of <laughs> no, a sponsorship? No, 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 no. Hold up, hold up, hold up. It wasn't me not understanding it. It was me demanding that it be written out in the most, like, explicit manner possible. Rob, I swear to God, like, three times you were like, so if an alumni no you were like he sends twenty dollars and doesn't ask for anything does that yeah. count as a sponsorship and we we're like hey, look, it could man it could you never know you never oh my know God. yeah that was a pain point for this year that was a good time that was great. <laughs> do you remember when we argued? <laughs> Rob, do you remember when me, you, and Carl started our, like, petition to move chairman's meetings? <laughs> we stopped chairman's for, like, 30 minutes demanding it be moved back to, like, the old room we had done it last year. And it was... Oh, my God. Bro, we, we have argued about so many stupid things that don't matter, and I love every second of it. God, I still remember uh, one of the times, I forget, I think, Chris, you might have been drunk at this meeting. I don't remember. But Definitely you not. Just, like, you, just, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you just stood up, and you were like, I would like to make it known that from here on out, Spirit will now be known as Spyrite. And then just sat and <laughs> down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my alumni were not happy when I told them that story. They were like, that is the dumbest thing you have ever said. And I was like, that's fine. Uh, I was 100% sober. I came into that meeting and I sat down and was like, because that was when Jake was taking role. And I was just like, Jake was like, is Spirit here? I stood up and I was like, I would like it to be formally known that Spirit shall now be addressed as Spyrite from here on out. Everyone looks at me and Jake goes, okay, Spirit's here. And I was like, all right, Jake, I appreciate that. That was a good one. Or when we all uh, collaborated on your birthday to get oh, the HSCs in there. That, that was, was, oh, yeah, that, was good, that was not yeah. fun. I was not having a good meeting. Because I had to pay attention. <laughs> and then you guys were like, oh, no, Chris, don't worry about the box that's right behind you. And I was like, oh, it's fine. I'll just, like, sit here. Everything's okay. Ice, <laughs> ice, 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 ice. And I was like, oh, my God, this will never end. <laughs> one of the, like, low-key things I miss from this year, like, not having race day is I always enjoyed heat selection. I always just thought that was the funnest time. I will never forget last year's heat selection because Willie Clark (laughs) going back and forth with you and Barrett about Squids Hill 1. It was so funny. Please, I need you to shed light on that situation. That that to me was one of the funniest things in heat selection. All right, so, I mean, this is also a sore spot (laughs) for Andrea. Oh, yeah, here we go. I will finally fess up to what the situation was. Um, so last year, it was my C team, uh, and we were trying to figure out where to put it because, I mean, we were deep in the, uh, in the heat selection at this point. And I saw that CIAB just, like, didn't have, any, like, anyone in their lane two, and I was just like, huh, CIAB is probably pretty fast. Let's see if, like, Squid will just, like, put out on race day like he did his um, sophomore year. And he was a senior last year. Um, and, like, honest to God, that was his hill one time from practice. But I knew it was a little bit slow compared to, like, what it should be. But, yeah, so I think he, like, a 20 – it was, like, 20 or 21-second hill one, like, posted – and we threw him up next to CIAB, and Willie just immediately looks at me and knows exactly what I'm trying to do. 
and just calls me out for it. He's just like, that's not Squid's time. Like, Squid is much faster than that. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, that's the time he ran. <laughs> like, there's nothing I can do about it. The numbers don't lie. And for you, those of you that don't know, that probably was not, like, the best decision I've ever made as a chair because in that race, it was so close that CIA Oh, should I take over on the explanation here? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Start this with me, Rob. <laughs> So their uh, their brand new first year driver uh, <laughs> put in on my buggy, which Hold had up. the lead. Also, let's be clear here: this first year driver was Katie, who was born of a uh, who was in like a buggy family. Like she was that like born to drive. Doesn't mean that you can be no shade to Katie. Katie's wonderful. We've had this <laughs> argument. Like, I, I think we've had this argument like six times now it's, in varying this is now the, part, the so third like, time I've been witness to this. <laughs> I don't yeah. The third time I've bore witness to this. Oh my god. Yeah, I, you know, Wait, I stand I by the sweepstakes yeah. committee from last year. The rules are very clear and Pike did deserve the disqualification. Okay, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, unlike in the other times, I will admit by the book that I think is improperly written, we <laughs> we were at fault. However, I think it should have been a reroll for both teams, judging how badly the book is worded. But that's down with me. the book, no more book. Yeah, no <laughs> that's what I'm hearing from you right now. Down with the rules. Rob's just salty that he tried to pull a fast one in heat selection and it didn't end up paying off for him. It almost worked. If the freaking Hill 1-2 transition had been better, we would have smoked you guys. God, imagine if you followed the rules. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite. Do you know how boring Buggy would be if if my organization followed the rules? (laughs) That's that's a fair point. (laughs) That's fair. Rob, my favorite thing about coming to Rolls in the morning is that I would get to see the tent, the Pika tent. Oh, it, God. That was another oh, list. Tent. That was another thing on the, the chairman's drinking game was uh, take a the sip Pika if you've tent. ever looked at the Pika tent and thought, yeah, same. <laughs> Every single morning I'd go to the Pika tent. And some days it was up. Everything was good. Those are the best day of Rolls for every team. <laughs> the day when the pika tent was like on its side like wind knocked it over and everyone's just kind of like oh my sweet jesus what's going on right now those are not good day for rolls we just had different tent configurations we were playing with it um in preparation for truck weekend we were trying to see which configuration would be best for our team um, I think that if it's yeah. ever going to not have a roof, it's probably not a good configuration. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we tried some different ways. We tried drop-top style where it had no roof. Um, some days it was on its side. Um, we were just testing, you know. We were doing some data collection, seeing, seeing which was, was best for us. Is that what they call it now, data collection? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of like, you know, how when everything goes wrong on your buggy, it's just optimized for the shoot turn. Um, but when it happens everything. at the top of the hill, he's just collecting data. It's exactly. just data collection. Yeah, like when my buggy hits the curb in the back hills, only because it was optimized for the shoot. And optimized the shoot, for the shoot, <laughs> We didn't really plan for going up the back hills. <laughs> <laughs> we were just like, you know what? As soon as we make the shoot, that's it. We're stopping. Back that's it up. Yeah. I mean, that's how Pike comes to rolls, isn't it? Just enough to make it through the shoot and then nothing else. Exactly. The number of pike buggies I've had to pick up, zero, personally. 
Yeah. I'll say that. But my Look, team, they've been like, I picked up a couple of pike buggies before, and the guys were like, oh, thank you for doing that. And I was like, what? That's just, and then I come I, over to Rob, and Rob goes, yeah, you know, I, I couldn't get all my guys out today. And I'm no, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that is straight cap. I have what? never admitted to anyone picking up my buggy. Dude, no one this year picked up one of my buggies. That's incorrect. I have multiple people who've told me they picked up pike buggies before. No, this year. This year? I, that's cap. <laughs> did you just call cap on yourself no on you bro like you're no, like this on year you bro dude no, this bro. year and, bro no on this year and last year there have been less than like uh like less that's than not five. zero that's <laughs> like, not zero you just said there have been none that's not zero this year there were none last year there were less than five are you saying 2020 there were zero because we had like two rolls in 2020 Sure, I'll give you that. Yeah, this nah, year, nah. sure. Bro, 2019, my team. You are, ah. you are so full of – dude, outside of maybe ah. – like, uh, Bro, outside of maybe mini race day where I wasn't here, you, your team did not touch one of my buttons. All right. All right, Robert. <laughs> All right, Robert. Bro, I will I leave drove, this one for another time. My God. I drove yeah. follow car every time, bro. I picked you up from the fucking flaggers post hey, every man. time. <laughs> That flight today was amazing. I'll tell you that right now. All right? It was incredibly oh, too Chris. cold. Dude, I've, I've never had my car, like, mashed out RPM like that when I realized I was 25 seconds behind my buggies and they that... couldn't clear it because my car was still in the chute. <laughs> Chris, was your flagging day the, the day that Aurora popped her wheel? My flagging day, I will go as far as to say, is my flagging day was the most eventful day single-handedly of rolls this year. Because that was when we had Aurora pop her wheel, um, SDC spun, and then there was also the other crash the same day for SDC. It was it was a chaotic day. It was it was one of the things that was uh, cute about that situation. Like not cute that Aurora popped the wheel. That was like hell in a handbasket for me. But um, in I think you had texted me and said like. I, I checked in on your drivers. I promise I wasn't looking at your steering. And then I went and I checked the footage afterwards just to make sure that, you know, like everything was, you know, fine and they stopped with enough distance between them or whatever. And I saw you crouch down next to little Icarus, you know, your back <laughs> turned to her. You were like very clearly like not looking at the steering and like making sure that everybody knew that. And you were just like, hey, you good? So uh, there's been a little bit of a crash up ahead of you. So, uh, you know, we're just gonna hang out here until they come and clear you guys. <laughs> it was really cute. And she was like, okay, thanks. And I was like, I'm just going to go hold the buggy now. Because I was like, I don't know where anyone from CIA is right now. I'm stressed. And I was like, they'll be here soon. And then uh, your Hill 4 sprint. And he's like, hey, is everything okay? And I was like, yeah, here you go. And I just went back over <laughs> to my post. And I just sat down and was like, everything's out of my hands at this point. Yeah, that was, that was a really cute moment. I, I think another thing I'm going to miss about this year and just – race days in general, is uh, going into um, showcase and then having to, you know, line up. You know, I come in with, you know, four buggies or oh, three buggies bro, or however many. And then bro, I, I have 57 pika buggies next to me. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, can you guys move your buggies over just a little? And they're like, no, they need exactly six inches between each of them. I'm like, I have no space. I don't have bro, that much I'm, space that I need to take up, but I need you to just move them just to slide them out. Bro, I'm sorry my program's 98 years old and we got buggies to show. <laughs> Listen, you guys don't have to bring all 98 buggies that you've built for every single year to the showcase every single time. Maybe we do, bro. Maybe we do. No, you do not! <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I can't, I'm kind of with Rob on this one. 
Like oh, I'm, I'm thinking team. about. No, I'm just thinking. Like if I had to draft an email. Yo, Chris. Yeah, if we. I just said, are you gonna bring all twenty-five, Andrea? I, I literally don't even know where half of those are anymore. They're like lost to time. Matsky has no, most of the existing keep them ones. Over but there. I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying, like if I had to draft an email to our alumni being like, so uh hate to say it, but we can only take two of your buggies this year, like I think I would be like I'd be found dead like the next day. Yeah. Well, Chris, I think just for you, I'm gonna start an email petition in Pike, and I'm gonna get literally every single buggy that's <laughs> <laughs> ever. I'm, I want to say like 50 isn't too far off. All right. Um. So I'm just gonna go ahead and say this to my future uh, spirit chairman. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can no like, longer stop this. I've started a monster. Yeah. No. It's literally gonna be like for. For like every buggy of every other organization at Showcase, there will be one bike buggy. Oh my god! But see, the difference is okay. CIA, it's fine. You guys are far away from me. Oh, it's like you're far away from me. You're on the other side because it's alphabetical in like this weird spiraling sweepy thingy. Pike is right next to me. Dude, and what doesn't make it like, any better is that SDC is like two down. <laughs> and then SDC goes like I'm gonna line up every single one just like this and then I remember Rob you and I had this conversation last year I was like can you please move your buggies you're like SDC moves their buggies and I walked over to SDC's chair and I was like can you please move your buggies down he goes I don't have the space to move them down and I think Fringe happened to be next to them or some other team and I was like can you please move down I think the problem is is that it's like SDC Fringe awesome and then you it, it, so it's like, it, 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 <laughs> like, there's nothing I can do about it. And that's that's exactly what you told me. You're like, I can't yeah. do anything about this. And I was like, okay. Like, I'm sorry. Like, especially as like a first year cheer, I was like, bro, this is so far over my head. Like, you need to go talk to like Tom Wood at this point. Yeah, as a first year chair, I was like, hey, that guy, I know him. I've seen him before. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I think he's a chair. I've seen him push before. I know that. Hey, dude, can you help me out here? And he goes, uh, uh, I don't, I can't really do anything. I'm like, all right, man, we're going to try our best together. All right. Have you guys tried to fit in that buggy that uh, goes around at the actual showcase? Because I got stuck in it once. and It was not good. Shark buggy? Shark buggy. Oh, yeah. I had like a mild panic attack because I like, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get in. I'm going to live my driver fantasy. And then I thought I got stuck because the, like the front started to fog up. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I can't breathe now. Like, it's over for me. It's over. And I was just screaming. <laughs> I remember just screaming, like, stop, stop. Like, like, you're like, you know, ass up in the air trying to inchworm out of this buggy. I, it was a time. It was Wait, like, what's wrong, sweetie? Tiger Shark 2. What a yeah, buggy. Yeah, yeah, I think that was it the first the, and the only steering down by the side. Run. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so that it can be, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that, Rob. You were just like, so they could, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely no idea how you fit in that, though. Because one of my drivers last year tried to fit it, and she came out with some fat bruises. And I was just like, oh. Yeah, so I was very determined. Like, when I first tried to get into Impulse, which is CIA's, like, thick buggy, um, we keep it around She's as a recruitment okay. tool. Uh, just, God, they're, like, 60s. Um it, we use it as a recruitment tool because just about anyone can fit inside of it. Uh, I was so determined. I wasn't going to fit, but I like turned my hips like sideways and like jammed them in there. And I had this like big old bruise on my thigh. And I was like, yes, the mark of a true driver. 
So I, I definitely had to like squeeze into Shark Buggy a little bit. It was not an easy fit. I definitely was not the targeted demographic for that buggy. <laughs> I definitely tried fitting in that buggy as well. And then it, 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 I was too long. And I was like, how do people fit in these things? And I was like, okay, I give up on my dream. So I kind of just like, I think my knees were in and I kind of was like laying over the top of like, it's hard, It's kind of hard to describe if you haven't seen uh, Tiger Shark 2 before, but like laying on like the top portion of it where you're supposed to be inside. I just kind of was like laying on it was like, this is all I got. I'm sorry. This is the best that I can do here. <laughs> yeah, I've never even tried to get it a buggy. Even like Raptor, which is probably the biggest buggy ever built. Yeah, I think we're going to try and get me into that one sometime soon. Yeah, it makes me really realize when I try and the CIA photo for the calendar is a bunch of people headfirst in buggies wearing high heels with bare legs sticking out the back. Um, and that one was a fun one because uh, it makes you realize how tiny some people are to be able to fit not only in a buggy like the normal ways, but then to be able to fit in backwards. Like these, these girls are so petite. It blew my mind. Dude, Katie was literally in Raptor because like Raptor is also like our, our training buggy. Um, for new drivers, like all of our new drivers pretty much start in Raptor. Like in between rolls, she had enough room without us unsealing the buggy at all. Um, we could just undo her straps and then she would literally just roll over and go to sleep, like onto her back, <laughs> go to sleep. And then she would like shrivel back up, turn back over onto her stomach and she'd be ready to drive once we flip her back in. We have videos of Tori doing that in Impulse, too. She was like, yeah, oh, crazy. I can do laps in here. Yeah. yeah, and Tori is one of our biggest drivers currently. She's just a little more muscly than any others. So, like, her shoulders are bigger, and she was still just rolling around. I was like, geez. Uh, Andre, who was your driver – who was your B-team driver last year? In Equinox? The one that Katie hit. Yeah, the one that Katie uh, hit. Yeah, Emily Wong. <laughs> <laughs> much more uh, much much more experienced driver was our a-team driver for uh for my freshman year was women's a so gotcha. much more experienced driver i must say it was just so funny though because i remember last year like i was like i wasn't like too upset at that point because like i was already focusing on like getting our a-team out which i think was like two heats later but i just like quickly like ran over y'all's tent and just like made sure that she was okay and, like, she came out and was just, like, so, like, apologetic and sad. I was just like, oh, my goodness, like, is she okay? I feel so bad. Like, I have no idea what happened. And then, like, Katie comes out and is just, like, trying to, like, swing on somebody. And it's just like, where is she at? Like, I want to, like, fight this girl right now. This is ridiculous. Like, what is going on? And I was just like, ah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of Emily in a nutshell for you. She's very yeah. just quiet and docile and stays in her own and lane, especially when Pike likes to hit her, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, look. According to the rules, we were involved, but you guys hit us. Okay, I don't want to talk about this <laughs> right, anymore. Alright, alright. <laughs> Mom, Dad, stop arguing, please. <laughs> Yo, Chris, stay out of this, but, uh, bro. Alright. Emily, in, the, in that moment, we had Here asked we her, go. we were like, could you see anything? Was there any inclination that anything was wrong? And she was like, I had no idea. She was like, I made it all the way past the stop, like, almost to the stop sign before realizing that anything was wrong because she couldn't actually see Katie hooked onto her. She was like far enough back that she had no idea that she was there at all. She was like, I don't know if a, she was saying like, she thought maybe a wheel came off, but then she, you know, she would have tilted a little bit and, you know, probably spun out. Like she had no idea what was happening until they got her seems out of that like buggy. Should, and she was like, wow, that makes a lot more sense now. Seems like you should uh, have buggies with a little bit better vision. 
Hey, they passed the vision test. That's all I got to say. Rob. <laughs> hey, look, look, in my, in, our, in my defense, too, because I have to obviously like defend my team, Katie couldn't see either. She didn't know why she stopped until she saw Aaron running with no shirt on like towards her and was just like, oh, God, what's happening now? Yeah. I think that brings up an interesting point that I heard mentioned in one of the other aired podcasts is people were talking about how the, like the, the top of the, the top of the, the pack is becoming closer and closer. No one's necessarily getting any faster. It's just more people are reaching the same point of speed. So it kind of yeah. brings about the question of like, is this supposed to be a race? Like, are you supposed to be able to cut people off? <laughs> and then like, how does a safety play into it with like heat selection and stuff? I thought that was a really interesting point that they brought up. Cause that's, you know, somewhat what happened with Pike and CIA last year. Well, my freshman year, like when I first like heard about the sport and people would keep saying race day, I was like, sick, like sick. We're going to be racing each other. That sounds awesome. And then they were like, no, it's a time trial. And I was like, wait, what? It's just like, yeah. you pretty much got to po- like post the fastest time. And I was like, well, that doesn't seem as fun. I think the sport would also be a lot more exciting if we were racing each other side by side. But just build some that's just what bumper I mean. cars, some uh, honestly, bumper cars. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I think that's pretty much like the way that I was going with that one. <laughs> definitely also brings it more into that like competitive aspect because another when you mentioned that katie came out of the tent like on fire like ready to swing on emily like it made me remember that i forget exactly the details because you know like the adrenaline blackout just occurs when you're in the tent but you know last year something happened with sigep and maybe it was spirit or maybe it was pike i don't remember but like they were might maybe in a situation that they might have been entitled to a re-roll or something like that um, and, you know, if they got the team above them DQ'd or re-rolled or whatever, you know, CIA would step up one place. So I was like, I like grabbed Sabrina's arm. <laughs> she was the chair at the time. And I was like in the tent, like at the very back, like in the middle, in the thick of all this, like we thought the last heat was done. They were closing out re-rolls and I grabbed her and I was like, you go talk to Carl right now and you go get a re-roll. She's like, why would I do that? I was like, we could go up in a spot. And she was like, that's not the way this works. Like, calm down. <laughs> nobody's going to do that. Like, she was like, we don't need to do that. We don't need to be that kind of asshole about it. And I was like, okay, yeah, fair. And sometimes when I get too competitive, <laughs> I think about that. Oh, she goes, no, okay, I, yeah, fair. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. It was great because I think that was the one where it was my B team and SCC's A team. And then Spirit filed a complaint because they thought SCC cut us off. And then I remember, I remember. Like, I like to walking. plead the fifth on that one. I actually have no idea what was going on. That was junior <laughs> chair, Chris. Yeah. My senior chairman <laughs> handled that one. I was kind of like, huh? <laughs> what? No, I remember just being like, like totally confused because it was literally back-to-back heats. And like, I was walking up the hill to get ready for hill two. And Joyce just like pulls me off the sidewalk. And it's just like, Rob, like. I need you to explain, like, what happened. Like, why is this complaint here? Like, exactly what did you see? Like, what is going on? And I'm just like, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. And she's, like, looking at this, and she, like, holds this thing in my face, and she's like, no, like, I have this complaint right here that says, like, SEC cuts you off. And I look at it, and I'm like, you know Spirit filed that, right? Like, I have no idea what they said. <laughs> Go mad, my dog. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I mean, I'll take it, but, like, I, I don't I think my favorite thing about race day as well, I was just thinking about like the times that, well, there's two moments that I'm thinking about in particular. One, uh, last year, Pika's truck placement. Love that one. When they just decided that. Are you um, talking about when we we literally took a stop sign out of the road? There you go. You just (laughs) straight up took the stop sign up and was like, we're going to park right here. We'll put it back. Yeah, you put it back for prelims. I don't remember seeing it ever again after uh, 
actual race day. So uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to plead the fifth on that because I, 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 I don't think, uh, I don't think we gave up possession of that. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Got it on that one. Yeah, copy, I think hard copy. This is this is one of the episode only episodes I think I've done where statute of limitations probably doesn't apply for most things discussed. Um, I guess you all technically don't have your diplomas yet. I don't think anyone from CMU who matters listens to this. I don't know if anyone listens to this. Thank you. I guess, Andrea, it sounds like you listen to this, so that's great. I told Andrea to listen to these. No, no, no. So the thing is, they made me really, really sad. Uh, so I tried to listen to the first one, uh, like, right after it was released, because I think it was released the same day that Race Day was canceled. I tried to listen to it. I was like, maybe this will help me. And then I was just like, nope, it makes me want to cry. When Tom Wood just goes, like, you can't control the sport of buggy. I was just like, yeah, I'm going to – I lost it. So I right. was like, let me just table this for, like, a month, and then I listened to them this week. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Well, cool. I appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, we have some also, cool ones in the – For in my the, own uh, defense there, I never <laughs> admitted to actually anything. Just want to oh, yeah, absolutely. That. No, I'm, I'm not <laughs> saying that. I'm just saying other members of your organization – That excuse me, other members of the buggy community – excuse me, some people <laughs> okay. I've never seen before. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we got there. We got there. Uh, <laughs> no, Wait, but well, yes. I, I, allegedly. 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 <laughs> allegedly did that. Excuse me. Allegedly um, potentially did that. Allegedly and potentially. Who knows? I, I might have just been hallucinating, you know? I don't actually know what's happening anymore. But yeah. I also miss, like, us having speakers out there and just hearing all the music. Like, the wildly different music that would come from every different organization. God, do you guys remember when you played Old Town Road on loop for the entirety of Truck Weekend? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds exactly like something we would do. That killed me. I think last year I also tried to do a backflip on a scooter. That didn't work out. Dude, last year, half my team was just, like, jumping through the bushes, like, outside of Donner. It's just like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> they were having like, Why is this necessary? They were having fun. Clearly so many good little memories. Out of yeah. this. Rob, I don't know if you met my mom last year, but my mom showed up the race day with my entire family, my entire immediate family. And they I were do remember sh- this. Bro, my mom, they were all wearing that shirts that were, lit. like... It was amazing. They were all wearing shirts that said... Um, I don't know what's going on. I'm confused, but I'm here for Chris. Spirit Racing Systems. And that's oh, what they had on their cool. shirts. That's Dude, awesome. one of my and drivers... They made a shirt that said, I'm Chris. And I was like, that's cute. <laughs> Dude, one of, uh, one of my freshman drivers this year, Juju, like her mom um, made like all of the mom shirts that were going to go. So like my mom, all the driver's moms, uh, my head mech's mom. And they were all, like, matching shirts of, like, my, like, baby girl, like, my baby boy is, like, whatever, like, head driver, driver, head neck, chairman, or whatever. Uh, and I'm really sad that we're not going to do – we're not going to be able to see those this year. My sister yeah, – My sister was like, yo, what color are the shirts this year? And I was like, how do you know about that? Like, why – she was just like, well, you helped me last year coordinate. And then she was, like – she was planning all the way back in, like, September before I even knew what color the shirts were. My sister – my family, like – immediately bought buggy and like after seeing it last year they were all like when's buggy and i was like uh like april 16th in that time zone and they're like all right we're gonna be there and i was like uh okay (laughs) yeah i need to tell my family to step it up i'm so sad we're not gonna get to switch shirts this year though i want to get a shirt from all the teams yeah that's cool like soccer style or whatever yeah yeah that was gonna be nice 
and like we also are gonna have the chairman shirt, bro. We missed so many things that were gonna be so unique this year. Bro, let's yeah. still make the chairman shirt. I don't care. I'm actually down. We yeah, we're gonna just, figure out how yeah. to get it because you know yeah. it's like. Oh, I, I feel like we're talking as if we're never, ever going to talk to one another again. What? Boy, if you don't get out of my face with that. <laughs> bro, I'm about to yeah. straight text you and be like, bro, look at the shirt that I made. And you're going to be like, this yeah, is yeah. terrible. We're going to be like, all right, next shirt. <laughs> this is trash. I'm yeah. like, well, I tried. Did you try, Rob? No? All right. Then I don't want to hear anything. Bro, you just spun the shoot that was barely trying. I'm like, how dare you? How dare you, Robert? You just hit three other buggies? Let me know. Okay. <laughs> Dude, I cannot control what my drivers do after I seal Neither that. can I! <laughs> I! I have so little say in how and like what they're going to do after that month. All I can say is, I love you. Good luck. And that's all I can do. Like, there's literally, that's it. No, 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 no. Let's not remember. What you say is, you got this. I love you. Remember, go left. Oh, my God. Remember, go left. <laughs> Remember, go left. You want to tell this story? Oh, yeah. So first day of rolls, one of my drivers, one of my brand new drivers, she's learning. I'm going to I'm gonna preface it with that. She is learning. Um, she is going down um, the free roll, passes the stop sign where, like, usually times happen, and we get to the monument. And she's in the car with me when I'm driving Paul car for the first time. And then we go around the left side of the actual monument, go through the chute, everything's fine. And I was like, all right, did all of that make sense in terms of like the way that you're actually following the course, um, follow the line that your driver has already like followed before you, et cetera, et cetera. We get onto her first roll. Bless her heart. I love this girl so much. We get up over the top of the hill. She lets go, of course, bagged, crawling. We get to the stop sign. We get to the monument. And at this point, my buggy does not go left, but takes a very hard right around <laughs> the monument. And I'm sitting here, and I was like, oh, no. That, that is what I said in the car, because it was just me in the follow car at this point, and I just said, oh, no. And I was like, all right. I just wanted to be safe. I was like, okay, this is fine. Makes it through. Goes through the shoot, and I was like, oh. I was like, I was surprised. I was genuinely surprised that we would actually make it through that actual shoot. Cause I was like, you just took a right, like a pretty hard, right? Like you started going left and took a turn. And we were just like, here we are. I remember getting down to the bottom of the hill. I talked to her and I was like, that was a good roll. I was like, how'd everything feel? Like trying to figure everything out. And I remember saying, I think going to the left of the monument will be faster next time. <laughs> I remember you telling me about this uh, and you were like bugging you were like I tried to say it in the nicest way possible I did I genuinely did because I didn't want to yell like, I, like there's no reason to yell it's like an honest mistake like it genuinely is a mistake like this is something that she started with brand new and I wasn't going to sit there and be like you messed up blah, blah, blah. like there's no reason to do that and I was just like maybe going around the left would actually be faster <laughs> next time she took really well to it and she was just like came back and was like it was faster and I was like nice <laughs> That's my story. That seems like a solid spot maybe to, to tie things up. I guess, are there any other um, closing thoughts, shout outs, comments y'all want to share? I appreciate you spending the evening with me. Um, it is weird. This has definitely made it hit, you know, not going to be waking up tomorrow morning and uh, going to race day is pretty strange um but i guess any any final thoughts from y'all before we we go ahead and, and sign off here 
Yeah, I want to shout out Ooh. Dia and the rest of the sweepstakes. We gave them ah, so much shit this year. We <laughs> gave them a hell and a half. <laughs> we really did the damn thing to them, and they've just really just been an awesome team putting together you know a three and a half hour broadcast in like two and a half weeks while also dealing with their own emotions and the emotions of everyone else so they're just you know they blew me away well andre i already said it but i want to thank my mom i want to thank my mom for giving birth to me because now she gave me the opportunity to actually be here during this time it's a great time but on it like in all seriousness um i do actually really want to thank dia and all the sweepstakes because they did make this year as successful as it could be with all the circumstances thrown towards us. Um, this, I think, was probably my favorite sweepstakes to be a part of. Um, because, you know, my first two years, I wasn't necessarily a part, with quotes around that, a part of sweepstakes. But, like, it still affected the way that I happened to, like, lead or, like, um, basically interact within the actual sport. But this year, I, I really grew very close with everyone on sweepstakes and all the chairmen as well. So... I just wanted to thank Dia and the entire cohort of people for making that possible for me. Uh, you had one question on your, your email saying, what do you see as your buggy legacy? And I, I, was, I was waiting for the right time to, to mention this, but um, I think the only accomplishment I can speak to that I, I, I got through this semester was how to work off $75 with a fine. This again, <laughs> this again Let's go. back to, uh, to Dia being amazing and wanting to work with all of us. So, so thank you, Dia, for saving us some money and all the, the work that you've put in and the rest of sweeps. Like uh, everyone was saying, um, there were times where he kind of gave sweepstakes some hell. I may or may not have been responsible for a pretty significant number of those times. So I definitely, <laughs> definitely owe Dia and, uh, and the rest of sweepstakes a big thank you. Um, it's been like an amazing year. Um, you know, I need to thank like my entire alumni network, um, especially Tom Wade, Dave Conley, um, John Barrett, David Power, um, Keshav, like a lot of the older guys, um, Eric Brunner that like helped me this year. Um, and like last year and this year with um, building and, and just making everything work. Um, and then even like recent guys like Charlie Aguilar for showing me what buggy was. And then um, Ryan Barrett for kind of taking me under his wing mm. uh, and just kind of giving everything. And then just uh, thank all you all for being a uh, Rob. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know, man. I think that I just think that this was like the best group of chairman that, uh, like you could have hoped for man like i know a lot of years it's been cutthroat but i felt like this year we were uh we were a family yeah all in it together i think it's also worthwhile to shout out the baa because uh after we all got our hearts torn out and handed to us with the whole cancellation thing the alumni were really uh, they stepped up to the plate for us i would agree with that rob got me all sad now i don't want to be oh. yeah uh well mikey thank you also i realized i forgot to ask the legacy question so maybe to move it up slightly briefly do you have any notion it's hard to think of a legacy you know this close in but uh <laughs> beyond working off fines um any other things you're kind of most proud of of you know maybe that's another way to put it kind of what you did in, in the four years and then we'll go ahead and close this thing out uh i'll take a stab at this uh, i think two things well three First off, this podcast is going to be something that's a part of the legacy, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's just something that's also just, like, stamped in history after a certain point or after everything gets published. But uh, also doing the Buggy 100 video, 
I didn't realize what I was really signing up for uh, finals week last semester. I was kind of like, oh, sure, I'll do this video. And then I started seeing it circulate. And then I was like, oh, geez. Like, a lot of people started reaching out to me, specifically from my team, um, mentioning how great of a job that I did for the actual uh, podcast, or for the actual portion. Um, I also heard Tom Woodsworth in there as well. Uh, and the other thing I think that will also be a part of my legacy is the new buggy that we're building for Spirit. My legacy will just be, like, helping this team, helping CAA, you know, go in, a, in an upwards direction. We'll never mm. really know if any of my efforts paid off, because um, what happened this year may not carry to next year. But... You know, I feel good about the place we are as a team. Um, we have a lot of promise. We have a lot of heart. We have a lot of enthusiasm. Um, and I'm really proud to say that, like, it's, it's my team. It's my family. I would say my legacy for my team over the past years has been obviously, like, the, the new buggy we put out last year. Um, but moreover, just, like, getting, getting, like, a new level or a renewed level of support for buggy within, um, like, the PyCap Alpha chapter. Um, I think this year, more than any other year that I've been here, um, we had like way more support um, from the members and there was a lot of people, you know, asking for ways to get involved. And like, I hope that that just carries on and, um, you know, people can, can take this year as kind of like a rallying cry of like, let's not make it um, worth nothing and, and let's get the dub next year. Well, thank you all so much for joining. You know, this has been really one of the more fun ones for me to do crazy times but it's really cool to hear kind of your experiences and as you go into the world whatever that means um best of luck and everything with that and thank you so much uh so much for joining and thank you very much for listening i hope you enjoyed this i really really appreciate being able to hear the students stories and get their really wonderful perspective on dealing with a most unusual, most unfortunate race day. Uh, if you want to share your thoughts on this episode, you can do so. Um, go to the CMU Buggy Alumni Discord, which is cmubuggy.org slash chat. Um, there are plenty more of these episodes to go. I'm going to keep cranking them out. We've got about five or six more recorded. If you have ideas for an episode of your own, uh, reach out to me or again, go into that Discord there, cmubuggy.org slash chat. Uh, once more, I want to thank all five of our panelists. Uh, I want to thank the whole BAA for helping produce this, specifically Rachel Schmidt, uh, doing a lion's share of the work to get this off the ground. And then finally, uh, the theme song is Hot Shot from the Free Music Archive. Uh, the artist is Steve Holmes. Uh, so thank you so much for joining everybody, and we'll see you next time, or hear you next time on Shoot the Shit.